0: الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجال كثير ونساء يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجال كثير ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدقى الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي من محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشار الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار One of the scholars of our era, the noble Shaykh. Abdul Aziz ibn Abdullah ibn Baz Ta'ala, he stated, the Sharia fi mahalli fi mahalliha. Jews Muslim noble Sheikh ibn Baz he stated, Indeed, the Islamic legislation has come with gentleness in its proper place, and likewise it has come with sternness in its proper place. Therefore it is not permissible for the Muslim to ignore that, or to pretend as if he is not aware of that. Islam is the balance and middle way. As Allah Azza wa He mentions وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً And likewise we have made you a just And a balanced nation So the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Is a balanced Ummah Meaning we are a nation That is between extremism and negligence We are a nation that is between extremism and between negligence. Extremism is going beyond the legislative boundaries. That's al ghulu or al-ifraq. These are the terms that are used for extremism. Person goes beyond... The boundaries is excessive. And then you have the negligence which is التفريط being negligent or الجفاء persons falling short of the mark. Both matters are prohibited in the deen. Extremism is prohibited, and negligence is prohibited. And the only thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He accepts, is that we traverse the middle path. And we stay away from the two paths, extremism and negligence. So in the speech of Sheikh bin Baz, the Islamic legislation has come with gentleness in affairs. And then there are other affairs where it is legislated for a person to be stern. As for the gentleness, then we have the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَلَوْ كُنْتَ al-qalb, الْقَلْبِ لن فضل مِنْ حَوْلِكَ And if you were stern or severe and harsh-hearted with them, they would have left from around you. Here Allah addresses the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Mentioning to him that if this was his character. In dealing with the believers. Dealing with the people. The people would not have remained around him. And received the message from him. But because... The Prophet ﷺ dealt with the people in a gentle manner, gentleness in its proper place. This was a cause for the people accepting the deen. As Allah Azza wa He mentions, فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ لَنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضْضًا غَلِيدَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ And by the mercy of Allah, you dealt with them in a gentle manner. And had you been stern and harsh hearted with them, they would have broken away from you. They would have left from around you. The as scholars as they say the meaning of you dealt with them in a gentle manner is that you were gentle and tolerant with them, and you had good behavior and good character. Others say this means you made your mannerisms easy going with them. And you were tolerant when you dealt with them. You didn't lose patience with them. You were tolerant. And you did not become angry with your companions when they made mistakes like he would jump on them in a harsh manner to the point that he would make them feel that there was no hope for them. This wasn't the mannerisms of the Prophet. ﷺ. It says that the Prophet ﷺ was gentle with the people and his mannerisms with them. He was tolerant with them to the point that he did not become quickly angry with them and be harsh with them if they or when they fell into mistakes. This is the character of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And as Allah azza wa jal he mentioned, describing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ And indeed, you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you are upon exalted character. and the deen of Allah commands us with this type of mannerism as some of the ulama they explain when Allah said indeed you are upon exalted character meaning indeed you are upon an exalted religion Islam is a Islam is a magnificent way of life and when we follow Islam and adhere to the rules and regulations of the deen then the results will be positive the results will be fruitful but whenever we turn away from following the deen then this is when the hardship and the difficulty and the calamities come as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions (laughs) الَّذِينَ عَنْ أَمْرِي فِتْنَةً or يُصِيبُهُمْ عَذَابٌ Allah he mentioned let them beware those who oppose his commandment the commandment of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. that some fitna will fall down upon them when the people oppose the Quran when the people oppose the Sunnah They subject themselves to fitna coming down upon them in their lives. And the worst type of fitna is that a person has fitna in his religion. He has fitna in his deen. It's the worst type of fitna. That you are afflicted in your religion. You do not know right from wrong. You don't know guidance from misguidance. You don't know tawheed from shirk. You don't know sunnah from bid'ah. You're afflicted. It's the worst type of fitna that a person can have in his deen. That he's a stray. He says he's a Muslim. He says the Quran is his book. He says that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his prophet. But he doesn't know the Quran. He has misconceptions. He doesn't know the sunnah. He has doubts. This is fitna in the person's deen. And this can come about Due to a person opposing the Qur'an Sunnah. That Allah puts you in a state of darkness. Because of which your own hands have hurt. In the other matter. A painful torment. A calamity happening to you. Something severe. And devastating happening in your life. Because of the disobedience to Allah. And the disobedience to the Prophet Muhammad sallam. So it's very important that a person must adhere to the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, following the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and holding to the prescribed limits. And from that is that an individual observes gentleness in his mannerisms. Allah Azza wa Jal he sent Musa and Harun to one of the worst tyrants in the history of mankind, Fir'aun. But look what Allah عز و جل commanded with فَقُولَ لَهُ قَوْلًا لَيْهِنَا لَعَلَّهُ يَتَذَكَّرُ أَوْ يخشى. And say to him, meaning Fir'aun, or speak to Fir'aun in a gentle manner. Perhaps he may accept the admonition and fear Allah. Now, this is Allah commanding his prophets, Musa and Harun, to go to the one who said, To the people, I am your Lord, the Most High. This is what the Firaun claimed. That he was the Lord of the people and he is the Most High. Even after that statement and the arrogance of Firaun, Allah commanded Musa and Harun to go to him and say to him a gentle word or mild speech, perhaps he may reflect, perhaps he may accept the admonition. The scholars, they say, having a likable character and personality, especially when you call people to Islam, it means being kind and gentle to the ignorant person. The ignorant one who is covered in disobedience until... This individual, by the permission of Allah, is able to change and turn around to the truth. So, if Allah commanded Musa and Harun to speak to Fir'aun in this manner, then how much more so when we deal with one another? And we are believers, we are Muslims, we are not disbelievers. We don't make statements like Fir'aun has made, claiming to be the Lord, the Most High. So, this matter is even more so for us, when we commentate with one another, when we address one another, there should be some gentleness in our speech, that's the origin, that's the origin. The scholar they mentioned. Being gentle and polite is from the noble mannerisms of the believers. And what it means is to lower the wing of mercy to the people. And be gentle in your speech. And don't speak to people in a harsh aggressive manner. This is not how we should be talking to one another. Because the origin in our dealings is gentleness and kindness. So Allah commanded the noble prophets Musa and Harun to speak to Firaun in a gentle manner, and Firaun was a disbeliever and a tyrant. But yet Allah still commanded to the Musa and Harun to speak to him in this manner So it is more appropriate for others to follow this command when speaking to others who are not on that level of Fir'aun. When you speak to your mother, when you speak to your father, when you speak to your brothers and sisters, when you speak to your children, when you speak to your co-workers and other than that, have mannerisms in your speech. Have gentleness in your speech. The scholars say when you speak in that manner, it destroys the obstinate resistance of the insolent, arrogant person. When you speak in a mild tone, in a gentle tone, it doesn't give way for the one who's arrogant to be aggressive. And by the permission of Allah, it will soften the disposition of the oppressive tyrant. There's a wisdom behind Allah subhanahu wa taala commanding that we speak in this manner, and especially barakallahu fikum when we are giving dawah to the people and calling people to Islam. One must remember this commandment from Allah to Musa and Harun. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, Udu ila sabili rabbik. Bil hikmah, wal mawidatil hasana, wa jadidhun ahsan. Call to the way of your Lord with wisdom and beautiful speech. And debate and argue with Him in the manner that is best. And what's meant by argue with them in a manner that is best? Mean it means use the best method when you debate if you have to debate with someone. And one of and from the best methods is gentleness and kindness without roughness and harshness or verbally abusing people. you, you can get your point across and get the truth across without being verbally abusive. Some people unfortunately all they know is verbal abuse and that's the norm for them. And some of us prior to our Islam we come from that type of background, the background of verbal abuse and cursing and our speech and other than that. We have to break away from those bad habits if we have not broken away from them as of yet. We can't continue to behave and speak in the manner that we used to speak in prior to Islam. With the evil speech and the cursing and the disrespect. And other than that, it's very important that we have to change with the changing of our belief. Meaning we changed from disbelief to Iman. From Shirt to Taw'i. You change. So the character should change also. Not just the, the religion. You used to be a Christian. Now you're Muslim. Or you used to be an atheist. Now you're a Muslim. A 5 percent, Now you're a Muslim. A Jew. Now you're a Muslim. Your name used to be one thing. Now it's another Along with the change of the belief, of the description, your religious ascription, the character has to change too. The character has to change. It is not befitting that a person accepts Islam, but his character is still that of Jahiliyyah. Remember the Prophet وسلم, he recommended Abu Dhar. When Abu Dharr, he said to Bilal, an You're the son of a black one. And when the Prophet وسلم, caught wind of what Abu Dhar had said to his brother, the Prophet he criticized him Ya Abadar, fika oh Abu Dharr innaka amrun feeka jahiliyah O Abu Dharr you are a person who still has within him the ways of old the ways of jahiliyah meaning from the pre-islamic ignorance and this was The Prophet ﷺ reprimanding him for that. Because he asked him, have you criticized a man because of his mother, who his mother is? But this is not befitting. This is from the ways of the pre-Islamic ignorance to belittle a person because of his ethnic background. This is not befitting in our islam and is not to be tolerated. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he criticized and reprimanded Abu Dhar for his speech. And this is an indication that when one enters into the fold of Islam whatever baggage you have with you you have to start getting rid of those bad ways. You can't just remain upon the bad way. You say, well, I'm in a deen, so it doesn't matter how I behave because I believe in Allah. And I believe in the Prophet A part of Iman, Barakallahu fikum is your actions. Actions are a part of faith. So, the scholars they mention, it's befitting that when a person enters into Islam, that his behavior changes also. As Allah Azza wa He mentions, Ya ayyuhaladina amanu du khulu fis silmi kaafa. Wala tatabi ukhutawati shaytan. Inna hu lakum aduhum mubi. Oh you who believe, Enter into Islam in its entirety And do not follow the footsteps of the shaitan Indeed he is an open enemy to you Shaitan is one of bad manners Without a doubt First and foremost shaitan had bad manners With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When Allah commanded him to prostrate to Adam He disobeyed Allah That was his bad mannerisms With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And other than that from the evil and the wickedness Of Iblis The one who strives To lead the people astray And take them away From The path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The next point, Allah جل, he mentions, وَلَا al عَلَى illa And do not debate or argue with the people of the book except in a manner that is best. This is the commandment from Allah as it relates to how we deal with Jews and Christians when we debate and argue with them. Allah commands us to debate and argue in a way that is better. How much more so when two Muslims dispute or differ with one another. Your Muslim brother, your Muslim sister has more rights over you than the right of A Jew or a Christian. Who you are calling to Islam. So how is it that a Muslim. Can be on his best behavior. When dealing with a Jew or a Christian. Putting on the best face. Using the best words. To deal with the Jew or the Christian. Because he wants for the Jew... And the Christian to come into the fold of Islam. And that's noble. As the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned to Ali ibn Abi Talib, لِأَنْ bika اللَّهُ بِكَ رَجْلًا وَاحِدُ خَيْرُ لَكَ مِنْ حُمْنِ Or, أو كَمَقَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمُ That Allah guides one person by way of you is better for you than red camels. And the red camels at that time, they were the best type of camels there were. A person being guided to Islam because of you is better for you than the best car that we have in our time, as an example. Lamborghini. For you, Lamborghini. You, you like fast cars. <laughs> Maybe somebody like a Rolls Royce or a Mercedes Benz, whatever the the, car, the best of the cars on the market. That a person is guided to Islam by your hands, after the permission of Allah, is better for you than that car. But the point is, we find when Muslims deal with non-Muslims, they have the best mannerisms, and when they deal with them. But when they deal with one another, Allahu مُسْتَعَى It's shameful. Muslims cursing at one another, belittling one another, ready to physically fight one another, Muslims pulling weapons out upon one another, and other than that, from the things that take place. Allah Jal commands that we do not debate and argue with the people of the book except in the best way, how much more so if you and your brother in Islam fall into a disagreement? Allah Azza wa Jalla He mentions, "It fa' billatihi ahsan, faida ladi bi'anku bi'annahu adaw, ka'nuhu waliun hamim." Respond in the manner that is best. Respond in a manner that is best. For rarely the one who there is enmity and hatred between you and him, due to you responding in the manner that is best, the individual will become as if he was a close friend of yours. This is a commandment from Allah of how to deal with one another and deal with people in general, but one another specifically. Respond in the manner that is best. And when you do this, your good mannerisms by the permission of Allah will be a means of that person's enmity and hatred for you leaving his heart. And this is when brothers are dealing with brothers, a man dealing with his wife, a wife dealing with a husband, parents and children, children and parents all across the board, because it's general here, respond in the manner that is better. The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned in his narration on the authority of Aisha in the la yakun Shayin, illa zana, yunza min shayin illa Indeed, gentleness is not found in a thing except that it beautifies it. And it is not removed from a thing except that it makes it defective or disfigures it. It makes it to be ugly. Meaning when you are not gentle and you are uh, harsh in a manner that's not befitting, you're going to mess the situation up. You're going to make the situation ugly because of the lack of gentleness. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he mentioned, and this narration is also on the authority of Aisha r.a, man rafqa bi-ummati farufuq bihi, that's one, it's a du'a that the Prophet made sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allahumma man rafqa be ummati farfuq bihi wa man فَشُقَّ alayhim, fashukka alayh. Allah, whoever is gentle to my ummah, be gentle to him. And whoever makes things difficult for my ummah, make things difficult for him. Kama tadinu tudan al jazam in These are principles in the deen. The way you are is the way you will be treated. What does the Prophet say? Man lam yarham, yurham. Whoever is not merciful will not receive mercy. How you are is how you are treated by Allah. The way you behave with the servants of Allah, Allah gives that back to you. If you're merciful to them, Allah is merciful to you. If you help them, Allah will help you. <inaudible> Indeed, Allah is at the aid of the servant as long as the servant is at the aid of his brother. you're able to help a Muslim, help him. Allah will help you. Have mercy upon the Muslim. Allah will have mercy upon them. Be kind and gentle with the believer. Allah will be kind and gentle to you. But if you make things difficult for the Muslims without right, and you are harsh with them without right, then you will find that you will be treated in the same manner. There is a narration in which the Prophet ﷺ indicated or stated, indicating that Allah wants good for people. إِذَا أراد الله that whenever Allah wants good for a people, He puts gentleness in their character. Whenever Allah wants good for a people, Allah puts gentleness in their character. The Prophet he mentioned "Inna Allah Indeed, Allah is gentle, and He loves gentleness. مَا وَمَا مَا <مَاسِوَى> That Allah is gentle, Allah is kind, and Allah loves gentleness and kindness. And Allah gives for gentleness that which He doesn't give for a person being harsh, and that which He doesn't give for anything else besides it. al عِيَاضِ رَحِيمُهُ He stated, This means that Allah gives provisions and makes easy the affairs for the people as a result of their gentleness and their kindness. And He does this in a way that He doesn't do for other than them. Meaning people who are not kind and gentle, they do not get the same ease and provisions from Allah As those who are kind and gentle. All of this, Barakallahu Fikum, establishes the mannerisms that we should have with one another, and that we should stay away from being harsh and stern with one another unnecessarily. Because there are times as mentioned by Shaykh bin Baz, rahimahullah when being stern with someone is legislated. But let's look at an example of the gentleness and kindness of the Prophet in his tolerance. Aris bin Malik he said, مر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لامرأة تبكي عند قبره فقال لها اتق الله واصبري قالت اليك عني فإنك لم تصرب بمصيبتي ولم تعرفه فقيل لها إنه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فأتت باب النبي Sallallahu الله عليه وسلم فَلَمْ تَجِدْ عِنْدَهُ بَوَّابِينَ فَقَالَتْ لَمْ أَعْرِفْتَ فقال إِنَّمَا الصَّبُرْ عِنْدَ الصَّدْمَةِ الْأُولَى Aras bin Malik رضي الله عنه mentioned that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم passed by a grave and there was a woman at the grave crying and it is stated that she lost her child Her baby died. So the Prophet said to her, Fear Allah, be mindful of Allah, and be patient. She said, Get away from me. Get away from me. For you have not been afflicted with that which I have been afflicted with. She didn't know that was the Prophet. Salallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So the Prophet left her. He didn't say anything else. Then she was informed that that was the Prophet Salallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was talking to. So now the regret kicks in because, of course, she, she never intended to speak in that manner to the Prophet. Salallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But she was so emotional over the loss of her child, that she didn't realize she was speaking to the Prophet Wasallam, So she went to his house. And there was no guard standing there. Meaning she had access to the Prophet Wasallam. And then she said, O Messenger of Allah, I did not know that was you. And the Prophet said to her in a kind way, Indeed, patience is at the first stroke of the calamity. That's when patience really counts. When the matter first happens. The scholars, they say, here is an example of the humility and kindness towards someone who does not know better. And an example of how he did not blame the one who has been afflicted with the calamity. And how... He would accept the excuse of that person. Al-Hathir ibn Hajar he states she was mortally shocked because of Her saying to the prophet, "Get away from me," and not knowing that it was him, and then her being informed that it was him. When she was informed this was the prophet, she got shocked. Like, oh, what, like like what I just do? Like she's shocked now. Like I disrespected the prophet, said a of the lot. I didn't mean to speak to him like that. So this refers to the extreme distress and embarrassment. And humiliation that she felt when she learned that it was the prophet. Because her state of sadness and grief from the calamity of losing her child, it blinded her. She was into her uh, mourning over the child. And the grief and the sorrow and the distress of losing the child. She didn't realize it was the prophet. And the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu understood this. He understood that she was in a bad place at that time. You know, because of the loss of the... And this is why he had said to her, Fear Allah, be patient. But it was overwhelming for her, meaning the loss of the child. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He didn't say to her when she said get away from me. Do you know who you're talking to? I'm Allah's messenger. How dare you talk. Fear Allah. Be patient and cut that crying out right now. He didn't talk to her like that. He left her. So as not to enrage her or infuriate her. Or to increase her stress. And this is from... The examples of kindness. One more example of kindness. Another narration on Anas bin Malik radiyallahu an He said بَيْنَمَا نَحْنُ فِي الْمَشْجِدِ مَعَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ إِذْ جَاءَ عَرَابِيٌّ فقام يبول في المسجد فقال أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم مه. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تزرموه دعوه فتركوه حتى بالا ثم إن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم دعاه فقال له إن هذه المساجد لا تصلح لشيء من هذا البول ولا القبر إنما هي لذكر الله عز وجل والصلاة وقراءة القرآن أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم فأمر رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم رجلا من القوم فجاء بدلو من ماء فشنه عليه Addison Malik, he said, a Bedouin came. A Bedouin, someone in the, in the desert. He came into the masjid, while one day he was sitting with the Messenger of Allah, this Bedouin, desert Bedouin came into the masjid, and urinated in the masjid, peed in the masjid. So as he was peeing in the masjid, the Sahaba went to say, they, well they said to him, stop, stop. And they went to stop him, The Prophet said, Leave him, don't disturb him. Don't interrupt him. So they left him. When he finished urinating in the masjid, the Prophet called him. And he said, Indeed, these masajids are not places that are meant for urine and filth to be in them. They are only for the remembrance of Allah establishment of the prayer and the recitation of the Quran. And then the Prophet ﷺ ordered that a man go and pour some water over the place where the man urinated. Here, barakallah fikum. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi was kind with him and gentle with him because he knew the man didn't know any better. He's a Bedouin. He's from the outskirts, and normally the Bedouins are people who don't have religious knowledge like that. In the time of the Prophet they were some of the better ones, they were stern and harsh and rough in their mannerisms. Because of their environment. And they were not around the knowledge. So they would come to Medina and say, Oh Muhammad, ukhuruj ilayna. Ya Muhammad, ukhuruj. Oh Muhammad, come on out to us. And we got some questions for Allah. Well Allah, some of the people act just like that. Take it easy. Say, ilayna, come on out. But the Prophet understood. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he always maintained the tolerance when dealing with them. He would teach them and he would correct them, but in the best way. Can you imagine if someone comes in the masjid and pee in the masjid today? Allahumma <laughs> must We probably put him out on his head. Like you know just out of a like what? he's peed in the masjid? He didn't see the bathroom right over there. You know. It. We move on now. So when is it allowed to be harsh with someone? The scholars they say, there are three main times when it is allowed to be harsh and stern with someone. Number one, whenever one of the legal prescribed punishments is being carried out on the one who violated the prescribed limits of Allah. The second reason, when it is clear that a person is being stubborn and arrogant and diversive towards the prescribed limits of Allah, gentleness doesn't work with this type of person. You have to be stunned. And the last, and the last reason mentioned by the ulama, When an act that is not befitting has been committed by someone who knows better. When an act that is not befitting has been committed by someone who knows better. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions as it relates to the prescribed punishment, Azani Idem واحد Huma Walata تأخذكم بهما في دين الله إن كنتم تؤمنون Akir الآخر Huma المؤمنين. and the woman and man guilty of fornication lash each one of them with one hundred lashes. Here's the point right here. And let not pity move you in their case. I mean, don't feel sorry for them. This is not the time for gentleness, the time for sternness. It's not time to, you know, let them go. No, 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 no. Zina has been committed. And of course, this is in a place where Islamic law is established, not here in America. You don't have the right to be taking no one in the attic or downstairs in the basement, whipping on people. They used to do that here in New York City. I'm telling you. People used to get lashes in New York City. Y'all guys got it good, man. Y'all guys got it good, man. Y'all come up y'all would have come up in the eighties era of Islam here in New York City. Man, it was rough, man. You listen. Some of the imams, they're repenting now. They said, may Allah forgive us, man. We didn't know no better. For sure, they was, whoop, they was lashing people, whipping people and stuff like that. People got lashes. People get, got lashes as if this was a whole Islamic state. People was getting whipped in the basement. Committing zena. Put some arms on the wall. They could whack hundred times, man. Whack, whack, But we wasn't, we wasn't supposed to be doing that. Because we don't have authority here. And the scholars has mentioned that the Hudud are not established in the lands of the Kuffar where the Muslims don't have authority. But in any event, Allah says, and let not pity, move you in their case. And a prescribe punishment of Allah if you believe in Allah on the last day. And let a party of the believers witness it. Let a, let a group from the believers witness their punishment. Another point, Aisha Radialahu Anha, she stated, Ma khuyira and Nabi Yusalahu alayhi was seldom baina amrain. In lakhtara ay huma, ma lam yattham, for either Kana al ifm, can aba adah minhu wallahi. من تقم ما انتقم لنفسه في شيء يؤت إليه قط حتى تُنْتَهَكْ حرمات الله فينتقم لله. آية رضي الله عنها شمجن. Whenever the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم was given the choice between two things, he used to pick the easier of the two, meaning two halal things. Some people misunderstand this narration. The choice here is between two halal things, not halal and haram. And you pick the haram because you say it's easier for you to do the haram. It's easier for me to have a girlfriend than to get married. And I gotta take care of her. And I gotta no 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 no. no. If you are faced with getting married. And committing zina, you get married. You don't say zina is easier than marriage. You between the choices of getting a job or stealing and swindling people out of the money. You don't say, well, it's easy for me to swindle and you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a con artist, so I can just I easily, I can talk good. So that's easy for me to swindle. No, go get, go get a job. You're an able-bodied person. You have to work. You understand? So, some people they say, Oh, I'm going to pick the easier of the two. Because the Prophet used to pick the easier of the two whenever he had two choices. That's in the case when two halal things were in front of him, two lawful matters were in front of him, the Prophet would pick the easier of the two. And Aisha, look, look what she says. He used to pick the easier of, of the two as long as it was not a sin. See, they don't read that part of the hadith. The last line. It comes after. You got to keep reading the hadith. If we just want to read a portion of something, there's going to be a lot of mistakes in the religion. For woe to those who pray. I'm not praying no more. Allah says woe to those who pray. That's why it's important when we study we study as a whole the text in its entirety, not picking portions of a text that we want that fits or suits our desires, and then say, "Look, Allah says this." Read the whole narration. Aisha radiAllahu anha she stated, as long as it was not a sin, as long as he was not. Want to be sinful in the choice he made. For either And if it was a matter of sin, he will be the one who is furthest away from both of those from those affairs. Then Aisha went on to make a good point. She says, I swear by Allah, the Prophet never took revenge for himself concerning any matter. That happened to him. The prophet never took revenge. For himself. But when Allah's limits was transgressed against. Then he would take revenge for the sake of Allah. So now this shows that. When someone is violating. The prescribed limits of Allah. Sternness can be used with that individual. For Allah's sake. Not for yourself. For Allah's sake. And we have to be very careful when it comes to commanding the right and forbidding the wrong. That we do it for the sake of Allah and not to get back at the person. Like somebody does something to you and you wait for that opportunity when that person does something wrong. Now is my time to get back at So now here you come coming back with a vengeance, a vengeance under the banner of commanding the right and forbidding the wrong. No, you're doing that for yourself. We have, to, we have to be careful with that. Do not, do not seek revenge against a person under the banner of the religion. It's inappropriate. Don't seek revenge. Number one, be like the Prophet Wasallam. And number two, don't seek revenge under the banner of the religion. If you're going to command the right and forbid the wrong, you do that for Allah's sake. Because commanding the right and forbidding the wrong is a matter of worship. The last reason is when something is done that's inappropriate by someone who knows better. And the example of that is the narration Mu'ad ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu, he used to pray Salatul Isha with the Prophet And then after, he would pray with the Prophet he will go back to his like locale or his neighborhood. And he will lead the people in Salat. He will be praying the Nafilah and the people will be praying isha behind him. So Mu'adh, he entered into the Salat. And he started to recite from Suratul Baqarah. Now, keep in mind, not like us. We recite from Suratul Baqarah. Alif Lam <laughs> Mim Dalikal Kitabul Areeba Fi Udalil King. Allah Al That's us. Mu'adh start reciting from Surah Al-Baqarah he's going all the way to the end (laughs) it it can be about two hours in in time in recitation it's long so a man taslimed out went to the side and made his salah and left hadith is in Sahih Muslim Mu'adhi said innahu munafiq so Munafiq left the prayer from what angle he says he's a munafiq what angle what prayer is hardest on the hypocrites Isha and Fajr munafiq you can't take it or leave like that in the munafah. The man went complaining to the messenger sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah Why He's praying with your Isha. And then he comes and leads us. And he starts reciting from Surah Al-Baqarah. We've been working all day. People are sick. People are old. Look what the Prophet said to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam muad. Oh, o Mu'ad, are you putting fitna upon the people? O oh, Mu'ad, are you putting fitna upon the people? O oh, Mu'ad, are you putting fitna upon the people? Recite from the likes of سَبِّحْ اسْمُ رَبِّكَ Recite from the smaller chapters of the Quran because indeed yeah, those who are elderly, those who are sick, those who have been working, those who have needs to fulfill. It things difficult. So what? look at this, this, this wording is stern. tan anta. O you making fitna? Not like some of brothers today, because you don't agree with them on an the issue, all of a sudden, they, oh, so-and-so is a fitna maker. What fitness did he make? Oh, he didn't agree with you on your view regarding a certain matter, and that matter, it was allowed for him to have a different opinion than yours? It's not like you're a masoom and you can't make no mistakes. Okay, a person holds a different view than you, and he has his justification. Oh, now all of a sudden, he's a fitness maker. That's how some people describe fitness makers. It, when you look, when you investigate... When you get to the bottom of your hamukullah, when you get to the bottom of it, what it means is, you disagreed with him. You didn't fall in line when, when you were told to fall in line. Okay? You didn't dance to the tune that he was beating. So, someone and so a fitna maker, stay away from him. What fitna did he make? He's a fitna maker, stay away from him. Or you're going to be a fit to make it too. (laughs) Meski. Meski. So. Going back to what was mentioned by the noble scholar. Imam Sheikh Abdul Aziz. Ibn Abdullah bin Baz rahimahullah ta'ala. The Islamic legislation has come with gentleness in this place. And it has come with sternness in this place. And it's not befitting for us to pretend like we don't know that Islam has both in their proper places. It's not always sternness in every single thing. Every response is a stern response. And it's not always gentleness in every single thing. Every response is a gentle response. We have both in the practice of the Prophet (laughs) Although the origin is gentleness. We will stop at this point, whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. whatever is incorrect, it is for myself, subhanaka allahumma bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illa ant, astaghfiruka wa atubilu.